why do you think I would know what to do? Francine's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> Mad Men, a term coined in the late 1950s to describe the advertising executives of Madison Avenue. They coined it. Good luck at your next meeting. It's the finale of the first season. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's just let's just dive in. Let's do it. All right. The Wheel was written by Matthew Weiner and Robin Veith, directed by Matthew Weiner. The original air date was October 18th, 2007, and it takes place over about three days, four days, uh, November 20th to 23rd. 1960. So Thanksgiving, obviously, is is the uh, framing for for the wheel. As holly as holiday specials go, worst Thanksgiving episode ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. You would not promote that. This would not be like in the TV guide with like the special <laughs> with like the falling leaves and the no. uh, but the thing with the carnicopia. I want to and... bring this up. Don is like aggressively anti going with the family for Thanksgiving. And I understand where that falls in the plot, the plotting of all this, but is that like, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Like, how do you have a a husband or a family situation where the husband's based on, I'm, I'm listen, you guys go do Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm too busy. Unless you're like Pat Summerall and you're calling the Thanksgiving game, you know, 19 years in a row in Detroit for the NFL who, who, who? I don't know what words you just used. Yeah, it's but okay. That's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But like, you know, unless you have like some, you know, regular gig on Thanksgiving and that's what you do, I don't understand how an ad guy in New York City doesn't take Thanksgiving with his family and is so aggressively sort of. Do you not understand? I don't want to be with your family. Like, dude, it's Thanksgiving. Like, why? Why are we married if you're not going to be here for Thanksgiving? So I did. I didn't know if yeah, that's no, even a was, thing. I I think. That's a, I, I don't think it's a thing. I think, well, okay, here's a thing that's a thing in this culture that we've seen that is less of a thing now, <laughs> which is the wives going away for the weekend while the men work, while, while the men do not. We've heard a lot. Mona and Mona and uh, Margaret are away this yeah, weekend. Yeah, Memorial Day, Labor Day, maybe. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I'm stepping back. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. up to Thanksgiving yet, but I am saying there's a lot more of that in this culture than I see in my culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Would you absolutely. agree that you don't, you don't send your wife and kids away as often as you have seen wives and kids sent away twice right? a week, whether they need it or not. But, but right. So, <laughs> exactly. and, and I'll also say in tempering fuck, my own words, fuck COVID. Yeah. Get out of uh, here. <laughs> in, temp- in tempering my own words, I'll say we have fetishized Thanksgiving and the whole thing, right? Like, Oh, we're burning leaves and I'm going to make some hot toddies, you know, whatever the thing is like we've, we've over, like the food network has completely ruined, you know, <laughs> Thanksgiving and like, well, I don't know. It, you, you could get me going on that. It, but but my point is... Not, well, it's not I, only I'm that. I'm still it's not actually, skipping it. <laughs> no, it is not. It, there's no way it was a thing to not go with your family this, on Thanksgiving. This is what I'm right. There was a gray area where the men sometimes didn't go to family things with their wives in this portrayal of this culture. Yeah. And he was using 
what was interesting was he was he was using his listen business business was yeah. kind of really hot right then right but he, just he really partner, did just right? become exactly. he really re- that, that was legitimate but then it was the was i unclear about that was a little shocking yeah it's really, he's like a, he's aggressively and I, and i get it we need her to say why can't you make your family my my family your family you know we, we we need them to have that conflict i totally get that i just i'm still still not clear why he has to be you know trust me all the other partners are home for thanksgiving it's fine right <laughs> taking 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 there too yeah yeah. The episode really revolves around the pitch, the pit, the pitch that makes grown men cry. Now, it's can like you a, just can you read can you read the actual note that you wrote as the as the topic? Because <laughs> can we great. just get to the pitch scene at, at the top? Yes. For, first first topic. Can we just get to the pitch scene, please? Can we just <laughs> can we just jump right to that? It's like a Springsteen concert. Grown men are crying. Everybody's everybody's <laughs> giving it awards. I mean, it's it's a whole thing. You know, Matthew Weiner has said. He had this plotted out. This was all mapped out to lead to they're in a room with Kodak to deliver this this bravura performance of of Don being his most donest. It, it's brilliant. It is never not effective. It is never <laughs> it always delivers. Right. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I see it, again. I, I don't want to over talk about the experience of watching this now or again. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just worth pausing and saying, I've seen this, I don't know, a dozen times, dozens of times. Well, here's what <sighs> here, here's what to me lands the blow. Right. The pitch itself is is incredibly effective. But what seals it, what really seals it, it's a fabulous intro. But even still, it's the casting of those two technocrats from Kodak. Yeah, that does it too. Like you can see, just the wonkiness and this whole sort of like, we're the coolest guys they could find at Kodak, and they sent us. So, have you figured out a way to work the wheel into it? We know it's hard because wheels aren't really seen as exciting technology, even though they are the original. So there's that great setup, and Duck, Duck's line at the end, just just, he's the sales guy, and he he hammers it home. So. Boy, oh boy, uh, you know, you can watch that. And to me, it's just that that whole structure of the setup and the delivery and then the, the closer um, just, you know, deliver, it brings it, brings it every time. And the, and the photographs and, uh, you know, the actual photographs mm-hmm. that we've never seen before, you know, that um, we've never seen that Don and Betty. And, and as, as, as obvious as this was, I, I don't remember noticing quite how much it does leap through time. I mean, then mm-hmm. that's the point of it. Yeah. That's the point. Before it they goes were married after the kids. Yeah. The, the deliberate leaping around was so, because that's what Don's been doing all season. Don's been not stable in the present. Don has been leaping through his own life back and forth. And it's been confusing for him. This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards and forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. And in fact, let's get to it. As he looked through these photographs, it 
moved him into the action of calling Adam. For sure. You know, it's a visual what, metaphor what, for Don without. Yeah. What you walk away from about Adam in this episode is that Don finds out that Adam has killed himself and Don's guilt is, as we've alluded to so many times in other examples, is never stay. He doesn't say out loud, oh my God, I did this to him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to. We see that. But what you could forget in that, in walking away with that is that he was ready to call Adam. Right. The breakthrough. Like he had the breakthrough. Yeah. And we and that and that lost opportunity and for for Adam the, that right. phone call I mean, just you know that that Don has been you know that and now I'm leaping through time that moment at the end when he Don comes home and they give you and they do the psych out yeah it gets me every time I knew yeah. it was fake and I'm <laughs> right. still like, I, I still had to he gets to go I, <laughs> right yeah I still had to say daddy daddy. I still had to say, wait, this is fake mm -hmm. because it, because it was so he, that's what he was ready for. Finally, not, he didn't deserve, I'm not saying, I'm not saying poor Don, like he didn't put himself yeah, yeah. in this position, no, no, but, no, he, but that, but, but that was, was part ready. of that breakthrough. The, the whole thing from, from looking in the box, trying to call Adam, getting crushed by the news, putting this presentation together, delivering it, the home run and rushing home to, to try and fix his mistake was all this one long sequence really for him. Yeah. And in pure madman style, it eh, doesn't quite go as planned. So <laughs> it's really, it's a wonderful kick to the stomach as the season ends. But as you look at it, both as I did both immediately, and I think anybody, this isn't a profound thing to say. It's so powerful the way this the way the season leads up to that moment of Don's breakthrough even though it's not the breakthrough we would have expected or were, were looking for, it was a breakthrough and it makes sense that it would have been there. We've talked about this before art being inevitable and surprising. Um, it's all of those things. So everything fits, everything's tidy. And then frankly, you wrap it up and we're, we're jumping right to the end, but who cares is, um, it's the Dylan song is is uh don't look was it don't oh gosh don't think twice it's I all just right stumbled on it yeah don't don't think twice it's all right where not only are the words look like they could have been written for this season but as a lot of as a lot of really annoying people pointed out at the time oh that song wasn't written for another two years uh dylan was in the <laughs> studio at 10 30 a.m 1962 in april and uh he didn't it wasn't released until august you know like whatever dudes um but what it says is like, guys, we're looking over the horizon here. <laughs> you know, Don's just had this year. Look, at, of, this is what's coming. But yeah, this is what's around the corner. Don's just had this year of tumult, and uh, we're looking out farther as to what's going to happen. And yeah, and you've got Dylan, which is synonymous with change and culture and youth and all these other things, really about to smack everybody in the face. So. How, how you know yeah. and you just go god that's perfect god that's perfect yeah you know? no it was it was exactly i couldn't remember as the as they as the the moment right before the music started and i could feel that music was about to start i couldn't remember what song it was going to be yeah and then it, wow, it was just incredible but I'll, I'll just go ahead and uh the kodak pitch scene i'll put down as best tv scene ever i think that's certainly in the conversation 
hour-long dramas. I mean, that's, that's not what we do here on this show is, is kind of rank things and, and do all that. But I can't think of a scene that's quite so iconic as this. I'm sure there are contenders, um, but mm. it never, it never, it never isn't a contender. It it never no. isn't. If you put together a, a, a top 100 or a top 10, and what's beautiful about it is as a scene, as a standalone scene, you don't have, you can, you can pull this up on YouTube and have never watched Mad Men and you get the whole world of it. Yeah. And you want to watch Mad Men. That's right. Oh, my you God. know? Yeah. So great. It, it, it's beautiful. So one, one thing that was, that was sort of fun to sit on as, as, as spoilers up until now, you know, throughout the season, you've got Don setting it up, my friend Teddy, and he was Greek and nostalgia being the pain from an old wound. There were actually two points during the season that, that led to this, frankly, which was way back in Babylon when he had that lunch with Rachel to pick her brain about being a Jew. <laughs> that never doesn't piss me off. Um, I had a nickel for every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she talks about utopia and the, is it Greek? Is it the Greek word for, do we remember what she says about utopia? I think it was Greek for her. I think for her it was Greek. Mm-hmm. She talks about the, the utopia, the place that will never. It cannot be, uh, the good place and the place it cannot be. Two, two meanings. Right. And then in Indian Summer, when Peggy does her presentation for the larger team for the rejuvenator, she says rejuvenate has a Latin root, the return of youth. And Don actually responds with Peggy, no Latin, you sound like a valedictorian. Once again, like I said last week, he's inspired by these two women. Don's two work wives. His two work wives, or his one of them is his ex work wife. Um, he he sponges, he pulls from every you know. So there's that about those women. Right. There's the fact that he simply takes information from wherever right. he takes it, and and, st- and, also, st- and stops to tell one you know admonishes one for doing it. Right, right. Well, <laughs> and then I, steals I, it. Yeah, completely I, realistic, and, and, by the way. Yeah, well, I think part. I I always think part of it is. You know who's delivering it? She's this twenty-year-old girl oh, totally. does, yeah. who who is not allowed to be intimidating. Where his acting, Don Draper's acting That's of right. like sincerity and wonder, right. is 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 more in contrast with the big the big right. businessman. You man. sound like a valedictorian. I sound like like a homespun genius, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but I think he also. I think once again, I think he. There's something about this pitch where. This is the best of Don Draper, and we will see this again. The best of Don Draper is genuinely emotionally affected by what it is he's presenting. And that that interplay of creative inspiration and emotional inspiration bring this brilliant advertising concept and right I, and, I, and i think a piece of it was harry's the discussion with harry late at night i mean he's doing first of all don's doing what he told peggy think about it deeply then forget about it yeah and he's up there and he's he's sleeping he's sleeping on his couch in his office and he's up and he's going back to sleep and he's kind of just marinating you know it went from that that phone call where he finds out about adam the next thing we know he is passed out very drunk on that couch yeah. Then 
we see Harry mm-hmm. in his man panties. A sight I thought I'd never have to see again, but here I here I am doing a podcast. Rich Summer, I love you. It was instructive. My point is that it was further instructive. He's pulling in that as well in terms of. I think we should talk a little about the conversation. I think that's so beautiful with the hands. Wonderful, it's wonderful, and it's comes back to that Harry's insight. Harry talks to him about the hands, the handprints, and Don looks at it as a signature of the artist, and Harry says, "But it's more than that. It's it's reaching through time to say." to pull you in to the, to the artwork. I did a whole series that was just handprints on glass. You know, the way it fogs up around your heat and take it off, take a picture. Black and white, I suppose. Of course. I was always fascinated by the cave paintings of Lascaux. They're like 17,000 years old. And the bison get all the attention, but there are also all of these handprints tiny by today's standards with paint blown all around them signature of the artist but i thought it was like someone reaching through the stone right to us i was here and i think that's reflected in don's presentation where he's talking about going back and forth the way the way a yeah. child does back and forth but it to him it's back and forth through time which is how the the sequencing of those photos as you mentioned kind of just brings you back it was before we were married it's after we have kids it's while you were pregnant it's all kind of jumbled in there and i think harry's insight you know plays into that too it's this kind of you've said it before about other stuff long day's journey into night for don it was really a journey to get to the point where he could pull all of these things together which is the beauty of the creative process the show demonstrates the creative process better than anything i've ever seen and in in putting all that together you you kind of come out with with this carousel pitch that it's it's not a technical thing it's not a donut or a wheel and and all these kinds of fairly obvious things it's it's the emotional benefit which is the carousel and that that that's the that's the guts of it so it's totally beautiful i mean how could you you can't improve upon this and i just want to make mention of the the photos that don uses you know if you go through somebody's instagram feed or whatever every photo is the best photo that they took that day that's right it's the one that you can select and i we all do it right we take a thousand pictures and we can edit ourselves but it wasn't like that you had to take the strip to the photomat store and come back and see what you got and (laughs) you know so so the the shots that that are there you know, they were so beautifully curated for this yes. piece to make it where, like, Don's, like, got the funny face. The, I mean, the unintentional funny face or he's making a, a, a grimace somewhere. Um, there were a couple of beauty shots there because Don and Betty are beautiful people. But, um, you know, awkward looking poses or things that because that's how photos used to come back. You kind of you, you were kind of stuck with whatever you got. Uh, or if there was a candid moment that came out a little goofy or awkward you were goofy or awkward and that's what was in there so it was yeah. even further brilliance that it was that they that they showed those kinds of photos so with this episode you know we get so rightly focused on the uh, the pitch scene but we can talk about other parts of it that it's right but there's a <laughs> huge theme that's obviously been building a lot between don and betty in particular which is don doesn't get family don has no conception of not just the sort of outward love that you get from 
from a nuclear family, but um, he doesn't understand how it works. He doesn't understand how people need to act around family. Yeah. We'll certainly see this isn't the last time we'll we'll explore these issues in the show, but this is, I think, is the first episode in season one where it's kind of a real major theme. Don's got, we, we mentioned earlier this scene early on where <laughs> Betty's, they're talking about, about Don getting out of work coming home and, and everybody going to, I guess, Betty's dad's. And she says, you know, why can't you make my family your family? Which Don might, you may, Don may as well come off a spaceship and you could ask someone that question and they'd have a better response than Don could ever muster. So th- that's completely out there. Obviously the callbacks to Adam, the revelation to Don about his suicide is what takes him, I think, through this somewhat eureka moment of bringing in his business life to come to some conclusions. P.S. doesn't go well. We also have this revelation of Francine and Carlton. It's life-changing for Betty. It was. It's an absolute turning moment for her to kind of say, (laughs) well, that ridiculous thing, well, why do you think I would know what to do? Francine's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that was... I'm dealing with my own shit here. I can't even begin to tell you if you don't already know why you should know what I'm going through. But where this comes back to Don and his not getting family, you know, are these little moments when Betty sits him down at the table and there's so much there's so much going on when you realize how much is wrong with this marriage where she says sit down and she reveals that Carlton's been cheating on Francine. The look on Don's face is, oh, this is about somebody else cheating. Oh, good. Good. I'm fine. (laughs) The number of times he thinks it's about him and you know, about to get nailed for something, rightly. But his response to, oh, to what how could says. someone do that to someone they love that they have children yeah, with? Who, know, who knows why people do what they do? <laughs> and that that was not good. That was yeah. eh, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. She it it was Betty was fascinating in this episode because she, I mean. She's so weird and she's been so depressed and she is so depressed. And the scene with Glenn in the parking lot is epically Betty weird, Mm. Betty, Betty weird. It's one of, it's just, I mean, it's, but it's, but interestingly here, it's, it's part of her transition, part of her. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What I was going to say is, but ultimately this is about Betty. This is, this episode is Betty taking, coming back into herself and, and, and getting strong where she needs to be strong and opening her eyes where she has been trying to keep them closed and even saying out loud in words to this little boy, as weird as that is, mm. I am sad all the time and I can't talk to anyone. Somebody who has a husband and a therapist saying this to a little boy, yeah. that's a big thing to say. And taking that phone bill and, you know, she def- like she did not want to hear what Francine ha- said to her, but she did but she hear did. it. And it Francine snapped- took her by the lapels. Yeah. Yep. And it snapped her into back into her body. Mm-hmm. And into her strength. I mean, what she pulls with with Dr. Wayne was was some slick conniving and she was costumed. (laughs) She was a Hitchcock blonde (laughs) 
I mean, the two of them, as she and Dr. Wayne both are wearing the same gray. So who's getting one over on who? Because yeah, now they're dressed the, the same. Yeah, exactly. But she, that's right. But she also, but she also really looked like a Hitchcock blonde more than more than ever, and and yeah, and she had exactly. a different shade of lipstick in this episode too. I mean, that could just be a matter of I, I, we said it way 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 back at the beginning. Betty's makeup is always a little ahead of the trend, but I did notice a different lipstick color, and not so not so girly pink, but a little a little autumnal orange. We were we were speaking a moment earlier about Dawn's not understanding family. Yeah. Within that conversation at the kitchen table, which was like a thousand conversations in one, Don's reaction, first reaction is really fascinating. I can't believe she told you that. Like, who goes around talking about their spouses cheating to one another? And Betty is sort of like, she's like a sister to me, which, of course, is a family reference that says, hey, Don, you dope. You don't understand anything about family. I'm talking to my sister over here. Why wouldn't she tell me? It's and also pause. I'm sorry. Totally a lie. That she's like a sister to me. Yeah, because she just says to this little boy, as I just said, she doesn't have anyone to talk to. She doesn't say to. She's using that to Don. She's using that to needle Don. But the truth is, she doesn't confide in in Francine about what's really bothering her. She sits that's on correct. this. That's correct. Well, that says why Francine would tell her. She doesn't. <laughs> she's like a sister to me. Yeah. I might not be a sister to her, but she's a sister to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 but I love, but I do love the part when she says, how could someone do that to someone they love? And she's, she's ostensibly talking about Carlton and Francine, but she's really talking about her and Don. So Don is just does not have that gene in his head. And obviously we've, we've come to see why about family connections, what it means and how you, how you interact with family. I think family has a larger theme beyond just Don, right? The episode opens with you've got Pete and Trudy's parents and that entire, you know, the the whole, that whole um, exchange about, you know, now they are over all the time, which is what you had said from the minute they, they signed that yeah, deal that, for where that fuse was lit earlier in the season. Exactly. Um, and now they're, they're pressuring Pete to make babies and little little do they know he's already good at making babies apparently mm-hmm. we'll get to that just the whole dynamic the whole again a different just a different look at families i mean it's thanksgiving time there's going to be a lot of <laughs> of family right. of family things happening um but i think that i think that the pete and trudy and tom vogel and the pressure that 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 is put on pete um in the in the form of a of an actual account yeah. With Sterling Cooper for Clearasil is is just a different a different look at how to family or yeah. how not to family. For sure. You know. For sure. Do we well, let's take a break. That's it, cowboy. Let's take a break. Well, hello. I'm coming at you with some updates since we recorded the very episode you're listening to. First, we're super excited to announce we have a very special guest for our season one wrap-up panel discussion. In addition to my very special guest sister, Deborah Lip, we will be having the illustrious and just delightful Matt Zollersites, the author of Mad Men Carousel, which Deborah and I were contributors to 
Well, that's not a good sentence. I need an editor. So really looking forward to that. And then the other thing is we have promised to set our calendar for you. So here's what we're going to do. You're listening to this as it drops or possibly sometime after that on the 24th of September. We're going to take a week off and then in two weeks, the season one wrap up will drop that may go over two weeks. We may divide that into two episodes. We'll decide when when we've got it in our hands. So again, September 24th, which is basically now for the wheel. Next Thursday, there will be no episode. And then the week after that, which is freaking October, you're going to get our season one panel wrap up. It's going to be wonderful. Then we are going to take a few weeks off and come back on November 5th. So take some time to reflect. Make sure you use the time wisely. Make sure you're telling all your friends about They Coined It and how awesome it is and that you are subscribed, of course, and that you've been busy writing these incredible like dissertations on Apple podcast reviews. And we'll be back on November 5th. And at that point, we'll talk about <laughs> holiday schedules. Do you believe it? Anyway, that's the update we now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Lipstick by David Carbonara is available on Spotify and some other places. easy to miss some of the other threads of of this episode and what i kind of was able to pick up on were all these people dealing with their mistakes how, how they deal with them they're changing course or in some cases taking matters into their own hands and i think we we see a number of these things both sort of large and small throughout the episode so we start out we see bert reveals to don that rachel's taking an extended vacation and won't you know kind of won't be around and it reveals to us that Bert <laughs> Bert's now wise to Don and uh the betting of clients has been oh I don't know if he got that oh Although yes I, I oh, well yes. no, no I'll tell you why and actually uh I'll tell you why because I've got the impression that it was this extension of we know you don't like Rachel that's no. been the that's been the party line. I don't know. I didn't. I looked first for of all. It. Bert's not been exposed to that. That was Roger, and I don't think that's something that Roger would necessarily would would absolutely have to share with Bert. So I I didn't take it that that was Bert's take. He said I was talking to her father. He was concerned. Like mm -hmm. you know, this is now, this is now. If you'll extend the 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 previous theme even further, this is now yeah. a family thing. Right. So, right. 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 Okay, you might be right about that. Yeah, you might be right it, about that. Yeah, and that's it, Cowboy, I think, pretty much seals it for that. And I think he even said, I don't expect your personal life to affect business or something like that. There was another another dig in there that I thought was pretty pretty clear. Yeah, I had always, I had found it amusing how the, how the sort of office buzz had it a little wrong about that. But um, from, from, the, from their first, based on that very first meeting where, where she pissed him off. You're right, Roger. This place really runs on charm. This is ridiculous. Don, I'm not going to let a woman talk to me like this. 
This meeting is over. Good luck, Miss Mankin. And then we see in this really kind of neat reveal, Harry talking to his wife, Jennifer, who, you know, again, exposition, it's never going to be just straightforward. We kind of have to hear the whole, <laughs> the whole conversation from Harry's end on the phone. But evidently he spilled the beans about uh, election night with Hildy. And right. uh, which sounds like a metaphor for something. It sounds like a metaphor if someone says election night with Hildy, that that means something else. But <laughs> this was literally election night with Hildy that uh, he must have told her. And he is lying. He's he's saying he's at Ken's. Yeah. He definitely said he he he's I don't remember what he says. But, you know, Ken's got to use the phone. And that was not the line. But, you know, it was something it was absolutely yeah, very clear that he that was up. saying he was not saying he was not. He they, they talked about the expense of a hotel. And then he was like, you know, if you would just let me come home. But he definitely, in, he definitely was lying and saying that he was right. sa- staying. But with it's him. clear she's kicking him out. So if she's kicking oh, yes. him out, why does he have 100%. to lie about where he's staying? Because it's humiliating all around. I guess he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have because now he just lies. I don't know. He because he doesn't want Ken to know. He doesn't want her to know he's literally sleeping in the office because that's gross. Who I don't does know that? Why, but what? But that's where he is. I mean, if you want to make your wife feel bad enough to bring you back in, you you say, "Yeah, I'm at the office because I got no other choice." You're... Well, but if you have some pride, to me, it makes sense. To me, it makes okay. it makes sense. Yeah, I can put that together. Yeah, no, just it's he's like, I got places to go. I could go to my friend Ken. Like, I'm I'm not saying we saw that. I'm just saying that's the that's the pride piece. Yeah. The pride piece is. Mm-hmm. I don't have nowhere to go. Su- I'm not. Suppose, I'm not pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yet. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's Harry dealing with his mistakes. Yeah. You know, Peggy creates this issue with the voiceover candidates, where she's deal. She has to change course with switching from the one that she chose to the better candidate. Uh, once, once Annie comes in the studio for the actual gig so she's changing course on her stuff and you know betty has this change of course with dr wayne which we talked about earlier which was really quite wonderful to see taking into her own hands how she's going to handle this eye-opening revelation that started with with francine's uh dilemma so right. we just see so much of this and don himself you know we said he 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 starts with it with the re- outreach to adam he realizes family is more important than he ever understood. And like in the movies, he's going to rush home and the music's going to play. And he <laughs> walks in and, and is there in time to, to, to go with Betty and the kids down to Philly. So I just see all of these kind of repeated dealing with how we deal with mistakes, how we change course in life is really interesting, big and small. And one quick note, Don sees that everyone's gone. He's upset. He's sitting on the stairs in the house. Could he not just hop in the car and go to Philly? Like he's not, he, he, he obviously went home at least on the earlier side than he expected. He was hoping to meet them. So he can't be that far behind, right? Just hop in the car and go down to Philly. Lousy ending by the way, but it could happen. I mean, he's sitting there head in hands. Dylan's playing like, come on, get in the car, gas it up. It's ready to go. (laughs) So anyway, like I said, lousy ending. It's much better this way, but still, anyway, I thought, I thought that was a really clever set of, of incidents with with people dealing with their mistakes, both both yeah. both seen and unseen, which is is pretty cool. Now, I mentioned Peggy and this relaxicizer. I still call it relaxicizer. Do I have that wrong? Oh, rejuvenator. Sorry, 
relax the size. They'll, yeah, I, the only thing I think what I don't remember is I think what I think it ends up becoming the relaxicizer. And I don't know if we've heard that yet. So maybe that's from next season. I don't know. It ends up becoming the Hitachi 9300. But anyway. Hello. <laughs> the um, But whatever, Peggy is uh, on the cutting edge here. So with Peggy and the Rejuvenator, the commercials that they're cutting, which are clearly some some radio spots. I love this scene and I had forgotten all about this. Like I would never have remembered this scene in a million years until you made it our header for all our social media. And it's obviously, you know, a brilliant and perfect visual for, for that, because that's exactly what you and I look like. (laughs) But, um, except I'm wearing the fat suit in this one. Right. (laughs) Uh, That's ridiculous. But, um, but the point is I, 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 as soon as you started, you know, as soon as that photograph started appearing on our social media, as we were setting things up, I was just delighted. I was like, yes, I love this scene. And, um, so yeah, I mean, actually sequence of scenes in in fairness, but I had, I had just forgotten every, I had forgotten all about it. Every moment of it, I had forgotten its existence and it makes me so happy. But there's this, there's this recurring language and recurring dialogue within the episode about self-worth and about how we equate beauty and confidence and you know i don't think this is a subject that's you know new terrain for for television or anything else madman's not the first to really explore it but you know it kind of kicks off with with this this incident of first of all choosing the voiceover artist and and peggy's i remember watching this the first time and kind of going huh peggy's gonna go for the not for the attractive one, because that's who Peggy's going to identify with because she's been like playing down her looks or been having to play down her looks all season. She's yeah. not going to go for this. But then in that kind of, oh, of course she'll go for the the really attractive woman because she thinks that equates to confidence. She, she thinks could, she couldn't even hear. For somebody who is such a discerning ear, yeah. she couldn't hear what was right in front of her, which was obvious, which was that Annie was not as good a voiceover Correct. artist. She was not as good an actor. The other mm-hmm. woman was fantastic. As better Ken pipes. heard it. Yeah. Oh, Ken sure. could hear she had better, better pipes, better expression, better, more connected, more connected to her own. I mean, he said he called her Randy. He, he could hear that in her voice. Yeah, she <laughs> had the whole knowing. thing. Yeah, Randy, Randy knowing. And there's our episode title. <laughs> Peggy was listening with her eyes. I mean, that's really what she was that's doing exactly right. because she saw the beauty and said, oh, well, that woman doesn't have a problem in the world. That woman, how can she not be confident? If I was that good looking, I'd be confident enough to read this copy. Like, you know, and then she can't get past that. And she's not really listening to Ken's advice, which is the right advice. But um, and of course, how it's resolved is brilliant when she comes back and falls on her face. Peggy has the the good sense to realize, oops, I made a mistake. So that's her, you know, course correction in the middle of the episode. But this larger theme of self-worth and, you know, for someone like Peggy, who's been told all year long here that we've been watching her, that her self-worth is tied to her looks or a boyfriend or this or that but all all relationship and we saw this horrible date that she went on a few weeks ago 
that tension of Peggy between she really intellectually understands that her self-worth should not be connected, but, but she doesn't know that she has that going on. She doesn't know that she's made this poor choice about Annie because every, because her self-worth is completely wrapped up in how other people see her. And, And again, she's, she's there, there, she is both. She is this tension between I know mm-hmm. I'm more than I'm, I know I'm not my looks, but she doesn't know she doesn't she shouldn't be or she doesn't but have she to be or whatever. She world, also doesn't she also hasn't noticed that she's beautiful. She exactly. She, she 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 thinks the world and therefore the client and therefore the listeners to this radio ad would be responding to this beautiful woman as if they could see her, which of course yeah. they can't. So she hasn't processed all of that. She's on the wrong side of it. But I think it does come down to, you know, if you're good looking, your problems go away, which, of course, is nonsense. How, do, how the, the alter ego to that as we're closing the season and learning just how tied together Peggy and Don are. Who's the other side of that coin? Don Draper, who's got all the looks. Does he not have a problem in the world? No, I'd say his problems are pretty substantial. There's also Betty, who is. Also somebody who, if this is what Peggy thinks, Peggy would think that if we're asking Peggy, she would think that Betty Draper has all the confidence in the world and that she has the happiest life and we're seeing Mm -hmm. her at her misery. But she also says to Dr. Wayne, you know, after that whole, I think my husband is cheating on me and sometimes he's pleasing me and sometimes it's like he's doing what someone else likes, right? Mm -hmm. But she, she then says something to the effect of maybe I'm not enough for him. What is your self-worth? And in the meeting with Doc, Doc's kickoff <laughs> sales <laughs> halftime speech <laughs> um, straight out of 1952. You know, bringing in business is the key to your salary, your status, your self-worth. Yep. Which a line yep. that Pete repeats, right? When he, when, he, when he brings in the VIX account. But for men, it's about business and success and salary and all the rest. No one mentions looks mm-hmm. in there. But self-worth keeps kind of keeps popping up. Francine says, I'm so yeah. stupid for not seeing all this. I'm I'm the idiot. I'm bl-, and I don't think she blames herself. I think she's rightly angry, uh, but I'm stupid not to have seen it. I should ha- I, sh- I shouldn't be such a wreck right now because I should have seen this coming. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I mean, I didn't do a tally. But she she may not be blaming herself, but that's a lot of I'm so stupid. But then her anger comes out because I should poison them all. And Betty's Betty's like, oh, you know, well, Betty blows that off like that's yeah, not well, possible. Francine gets family. <laughs> I, I should I should poison and them I, all. That's someone who gets family. Right. <laughs> 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 but no, these are these are things that I certainly never really put together in in, in such a way. It was really sort of like. Let's just get to the let's just get to the Kodak scene. And frankly, by time we get to Peggy's Peggy's true promotion, which was also really well done, and I never realized how great that scene is where where he oh, points the rifle at at Peggy at, at Pete's head over well, over bringing was, in Peggy. Can I let me? Can I? I thought that was really interesting that that scene played as though Don knew about Pete and Peggy and Don no. didn't 
I don't ever get an indication that Don. He knows. Knew. He knows that, but he knows that Peggy working on his business irks him because that was from the the original relaxicizer discussion. Like I told him, we'd have our big guns, right? And 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 Peggy's not a big gun. He's like, well, our big guns are silent. So here comes Peggy, and and obviously she she's on that account. So yeah, I think he knows that it bothers Pete at at a minimum. I get. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. I didn't really. It it sort of it started like Don was just sticking it to Pete, and I wasn't quite. And then of course, I mean, I mean, he meant it. He wasn't going to faux promote her, right? Yeah. Like he he meant it. He it was a good idea, but he knew that he was delivering this, um, you know, this knife into Pete's yes. back, and I wasn't clear about that. I was confused about. I mean, uh, unless you go all the way back to the first day where where he was, sh- I, I I just wasn't clear where no, that was coming I think from. He's, from I think Don, he's, there's enough evidence to point to him knowing that there's like this tension there, whether it's good tension or bad tension. If it bothers Pete, that's good enough for me. Kind yeah, of thing. maybe. Yeah, for sure. And and look, she's obviously the way that Peggy guards his door mm-hmm. against Pete, who is the one who abuses that yeah. the most. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. I just, that was a little confusing But it was kind me. of two birds with one stone, right? I get to bug, I get to bug Pete. Sure. And I get to reward Peggy. So what's, what's more elegant than, than that little turn of events. So he does that. And, you know, it never, that change of fortune really hit me this time. Listening to how sincere Peggy was in her, like, I'll do my sincere best. And she's out there. It's very awkward. She's getting this promotion on the spot in front of all these guys. It's clearly a shock to everybody. And she has to sort of stick her chest out and, and, and handle it. And she does it wonderfully and really with sincerity. And it's so wonderful the way she shakes his hand and, and all that. So you just kind of, you're rooting for her and you're ready to carry her off on your shoulders kind of thing. And yeah. then, and then, and this time it's an account. Let's just be clear, right? This time they just got a right. new account. She just got an account, not an assignment. Big it's time. it's a real big time. Big time. And yep. she, you know, again, and now she does get to rub it in Joan's face a little with the walk yeah, across the right. office, and and you could, and you just, you're just with her. What a beautiful bookend to the 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 pilot, and mm-hmm. and they even have them walking from right to left instead yeah. of left to we're right, going, going you know, yeah. and, 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 um, Joan giving her all the, don't forget, you know, don't <laughs> well, forget where Joan's you came got from. Don't, a little bit with you all know, this. So don't ever, don't ever talk down to us. She and, gets yeah. obviously the shittiest office in the place, but Hey, Peggy's Peggy's rightly thrilled. Did I say congratulations? <laughs> you did. <laughs> and, um, immediately gets sick. Right. Immediately gets sick and has to go. And, you know, I, I just kind of saw that as, I just I never really was there emotionally with her and how and how whiplash this was. And I was kind of like I was kind of I was really sad. (laughs) I was really sad for Peggy having to having to be on top of the world and then have this 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 boulder, you know, come out of nowhere and, and, and hit you right on top of the head. And you just go, oh, God. And she's completely un completely incapable of of dealing with this news anybody anybody might be this was my take the first time and it remained my take this time with so much space in between and with watching the season develop and knowing you know watching the season knowing that she is pregnant 
that's been one of the secrets we've been keeping from y'all in case anybody is watching this for the first time and listening along for the first time. What I have a hard time with, I mean, they called in psych and that was true to what I was seeing. What I was seeing wasn't just a young woman who didn't understand, who didn't know her body. And again, I know that, um, that Matt definitely built this on that, you know, it still happens today. You know, women give birth all the time, not, not having known they yeah. were pregnant. But I looked at her in those moments, the denial just got worse and worse and worse. There wasn't any, oh my God, you might be right. There was, there was all, there was all that ugly illness on her face. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, and I say ugly illness, not because illness is an ugly not because it's bad, but just she, she did not look pretty. She looked... No, she looked sick. Um, sick, and she looked mentally ill to me. There was... She looked so off to mm. me. Um, and if that's politically incorrect, no, the, the, I... The I, I no, I'm really, I'm, I'm really saying I, apolo I apologize if, if looking mentally ill is not a thing I, I should be saying, and I will accept any criticism the, on that. The amount of emotional uh, Twitter, force Twitterers. that you need to exert to deny mm -hmm. your own pregnancy is, is staggering. What I asked myself then, and I still asked it now, even though I know the answer, even though I know what happens next season is how does Peggy come back from this? Mm -hmm. We will get information, right? We will get some of the steps, but she really was mentally unstable and sort of, um, she appeared fractured mm -hmm. to me in a way that I didn't see how we will bring that back yeah. together. And, you know, you can't live in the world, not know that Peggy stays on the show. <laughs> like, yeah. right. So that's not yeah. a spoiler. Um, you know, there's too many gifts with sunglasses, but I, it was literally my first blog post about this show ever. It was my first writing ever. And it was, and it, I was just as deeply struck by it now yeah. is, wow, how does she come back sane? Right. Right. She literally just came back. She was at the top of the mountain. I don't know. You know. What her journey's been this year and all the ups and downs and the girl from Brooklyn and getting the account and succeeding and Freddie yeah. Rumson and all of these incredible turns. And then to finally get what you didn't know you wanted, but desperately wanted and to have mm -hmm. it handed to you. And a moment later, it's gone. It's just, it's, it, I don't know, it, it's, it's rocking Suddenly her life was unrecognizable mm -hmm. and she was unrecognizable to me. Yeah. And that was just powerful. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's that kind of, I wouldn't call it an overall cliffhanger, but that kind of um, unresolved. Even Don and Betty are, I think for the most part resolved. It's kind of like what happens to this marriage? What happens to this family? Does Don, uh, make a turnaround at some point, you know, but, but the plot point is, is effectively resolved uh, w between him and, and him and Betty here. It's, it's as up in the air as anything um, with, with the baby and how it's going to go. Matt Weiner knows how to make good television. I mean, I'll say. <laughs> he, he, it is not a, it is not a, to your point, it's not a cliffhanger, but boy, oh boy, it, it makes you want to come back for 
to see what happens. Oh, incredible. All right. Let us uh, take a quick break and come back with some Let me go get something from the food cart. Not too much. And uh, we'll be back. Quotes, 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 quotes. You start, Roberta. I, I think I've said this before. Mad Men is not a show that I tend to quote a lot com- compared to my my Buffy and my 30-something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I have said upon more than one occasion, I'm not feeling so swell. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. a great... I mean, it is the understatement of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> About to give birth. Yeah. 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 About to squat out a person. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, that's fine. You took you took one of my other you took honestly, this is what you're about to it's one of my favorites in the world. Yeah, and I have said this one as well. The scene with Betty and Glenn in the parking lot <laughs> is like I don't know, I feel like I could write like a uh, a graduate school, you know, thesis on this thing. Cause the amount of of both wisdom, but also insecurity, and it's almost you know it is like a peanuts car, car, uh, comic strip. Uh, yeah. The way Charles Schultz could like make parents seem irrelevant and make kids seem wise and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, Betty's trying to engage Glenn, and Glenn's basically saying like, "Look, I'm going to get my ass handed to me if I." If, if I'm seen talking to you, and she she keeps saying, "I don't, I don't, care. I don't care." Yeah, I don't care about those people. I don't care, or you? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> you're, you're cannon fodder for me. Um, but he just goes, he just goes. I don't really know how long twenty minutes is, which is gosh, <laughs> it's the great. Because right? what do your parents say when they go into the bank and leave you? <laughs> you know, basically tied like a leash to the car, uh, like a puppy. <laughs> I'll be, know, I'll be 20 I'll minutes. Be 20 minutes. You go, what the fuck does that mean? How am I, what, what am I, what, what do I look like? Am I, am I, uh, am I the Navy? Am I supposed to know how long 20 minutes is? Um, no, it's a beautiful, it, it's a beautiful illustration. It, it beautifully highlights a, the experience of being a child, but also what a child he is that she's, <laughs> that she's, <laughs> confiding in and and giving giving all this emotional power yeah. you know all this you know you be the you be the strong one here little guy yeah, who doesn't you know, know what eight, 20 right? minutes is you know you're looking for the, <laughs> the answers to the universe i'm i'm eight and i've got mittens clipped in my sleeves and uh by the way that scene i just that that blue coat that is some coat porn <laughs> it is just it's fabulous right. oh my god that, that coat is something that is something beautiful color so you know, I love that. I love that line. And and uh, Martin Weiner, the actor, uh, Matthew Weiner's son, we've said before, delivers it just with all the simplicity and innocence and everything. It is Martin. Martin. It is Martin T-E-N. with a T-E-N. Go. Okay, good. Martin. Well, the delivery is, is spot on. So well done, Martin. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he was stuff. great. Love it. All right. So uh, that was it, man. That was Nixon uh, versus Kennedy. Now, again, uh, no, it wasn't. What the hell are you saying? What the fuck am I? I've been editing Nixon versus Kennedy for two weeks. It's Um, the wheel. It's the wheel. Um, 
the season finale of the first season of Mad Men. And again, we're not done talking about it because we will be back next week to talk about the full impact uh, of season one and and we'll get into sort of the, the whole thing. With Deb. Please, uh, with, with my sister. Um, <laughs> remotely because... What's not COVID. remote now? Because what's not right. remote now? We we are so happy. We're so thrilled as we are winding up our first season that you that you are enjoying us. The feedback has been great. We're super excited that we can, um, you know, be be your favorite new podcast. But to show that, please make sure you're subscribed. Please follow at us. TCI Mad Men Pod across the board. Please review us on Apple uh, and, and leave us actual written reviews. It makes such the difference. Right, Dan Jasper? You betcha. 13 in the can. We're going to wrap up season one and uh, more to come. But thanks, everyone. It's been great. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you.